everyone and welcome to Wellington and to Hillhead Baptist Church for our joint service for Pentecost. Our service this morning is led for us by the Reverend Dr. Cathy Galloway, who is here with me um, live in the Wellington Sanctuary, and you will by the Reverend Katrina Gorton, who will also be with us here on the screen behind and online. Um, Everybody is extremely welcome and we are very pleased to see you all, whether you're here or whether you are watching on the computer at the moment. We are going to proceed to the notices now. Um, first of all, the notices for Hillhead Baptist Church and then the Wellington notices. Well, good morning and greetings from everyone at Hillhead Baptist who are gathered on Zoom. Uh, to everyone in the sanctuary at Wellington and also on Zoom, we welcome one another to this time of worship. As always, a special welcome to members of our family and friends joining us from all across the country and around the world. As well as Cathy and Katrina, this morning we'll also hear the voices of members of both of our churches. Thank you to Paul and the Hillhead Choir for our gathering song and to Alan for that beautiful voluntary. We'll hear more live music from the Wellington Sanctuary with Alan and also from Eloise. Just a wee reminder to those of us on Zoom that we will celebrate communion together this morning. So if you've forgotten to have something ready to eat and drink, please uh, do that now. At 7pm this evening, our joint evening service will be the second part of our reading of a new translation of the Gospel of Mark. And again, that will be curated by Christine and Robin. Finally, a huge thank you to everyone uh, from Hillhead Baptist who's already donated to our Christian Aid Week appeal. This is just a wee reminder that if you haven't had the chance to do that yet, our Just Giving page will be active until the 31st of May. So for the whole of this month, you can go onto our Just Giving page and make your donation for Christian Aid Week. Just another wee reminder at the end of our notices that Katrina will be on leave this coming week. So if you need help in this uh, next seven days, please just give me a buzz or contact managers. Now over to Claire in the Wellington Sanctuary. Indeed, Anne, uh, our notices are um, quite similar this week, mainly to be found in the order of service, which has been emailed out to you, or you will have picked that up when you came in this morning. Uh, Roger Sturrock is also on holiday this week, and anybody requiring the services of a minister should contact Liz Johnson-Blythe or Norman Shanks. The Wellington News deadline is in the notices and it is Wednesday the 9th of June at 12 noon. Our usual activities for the week via Zoom are all ongoing this week and you'll find details of those in the order of service. It also has a little note which was emailed out separately about two meetings to do with Wellington's future, one for the Kirk session and one for the whole congregation. And I'll say a bit more about those next week. Thank you. Thank you to Claire and Anne for these notices about the work that is also 
part of our worship. And on this day of Pentecost, let us come together where we are here in Wellington um, or at home or wherever in the world people are uh, to make our opening responses. Let us worship God. Caring and recreating God, open our hearts, minds and souls for our hope is in you. Loose our hands and our feet to reach out to each other. Loose our ears to hear the earth groan. Hear our cries and laments. We bow down in holy anticipation of what you are doing. In the name of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And our first hymn is hymn 489, Come Down, O Love Divine.
And now we are going to come into God's presence in prayer. And after I have led us in prayer, then um, we're going to hear the Lord's Prayer led for us in a number of different languages. And that's really exciting. It's a real experience of Pentecost come close. I have one, one late change on a reader, but I have, I have sorted that out, so we'll be fine. But let's come to God now in prayer. Triune God, creator, spoken word from which all that is sprang into being. Redeemer, embodied word, sharing our frail and finite humanity. Sustainer, life-breathing word, empowering, enthusing and encouraging. We, your beloved children, gather in diverse places and by diverse means to bring you praise and to listen for your voice. On this day, we recall again the great mystery of Pentecost, and are reminded of the promise recorded by the prophet Joel. I will pour my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Old people will dream dreams. Young people will see visions. On my servants, both men and women, I will pour my spirit in those days. We name you as wind of God, untamed, and untamable, blowing where you will, blowing away the cobwebs of dull religion and dissatisfied lives, stirring up what seems settled, carrying the seeds of love and hope to new places. We name you as breath of God, unseen and unseeable, bringing life to what seems lifeless, enthusing and inspiring us to new hopes and new dreams, empowering us to live abundantly and to love recklessly. We name you as Comforter God, unassuming and unperturbable, eternally alongside us sharing the ache and emptiness of disappointment, loss and regret, embracing us with tender love and offering us unexpected, unexplainable shalom. We name you as wisdom of God, unfathomable and unconstrained, informing our transformation challenging the essence of human structures and systems, encouraging and equipping God's people for faithful lives of service. On this day, as we recall again the great mystery of Pentecost, may we and all people be refreshed and renewed to experience life in all its fullness and to live the gospel of Christ wherever we are. And so, in many languages, 
and in diverse places. We gather our voices in the words Jesus taught his friends. Santhia de Enu. Dein Wille geschehe wie im Himmel, so auf Erden. Chlieba naszego siodennego, daj nam siogodni. Wir vergeben unserem Schuldigern. Moro dar ozmoyesh mayovar. Akyorisko i dasta mae. Ipa tvoje jest carstwo i siła i sława wa wieki wieków. Amen. We listen for the word of God from Acts chapter 2, reading from verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one of them heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they're filled with new wine. But Peter standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord 
shall be saved. A reading from Rage and Hope. 75 Prayers for a Better World. Christian Aid 2021. One of the big stories of the church is what we tell and celebrate in the Pentecost season. The story speaks of God's spirit filling ordinary people who go on to build a new vision through the power of the spirit. What is portrayed in the book of Acts isn't just storytelling of a world dominated by Caesars where enmity and selfishness and greed keep men and women estranged and fearful. Instead, these followers of Jesus' message give witness to the vision of a reimagined world. The book of Acts reminds us not to be bystanders to wrongdoing, inequality and corruption, but to become people willing to be empowered, to be changed, where the ending is far from fixed and the outcome is not predetermined. Instead, there is the thought that God is breaking through and things can and will change as people respond to God's interruption. Amen.
May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. There is a wonderful stained glass window in Lansdowne Church, which some of you may have seen and remembered in the past. It was made in 1914 by the stained glass artist Alf Webster, and it's considered to be his masterpiece. It's a three-light window, and one panel depicts Christ's entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. But in this panel, Glasgow is substituted for Jerusalem. You can see that the buildings in the background are among our most notable landmarks. Glasgow Cathedral, the University, the Royal Exchange, the City Chambers. And Christ is being welcomed by the working people of Glasgow. Women in shawls carrying small children, industrious tradesmen, and hovering over the scene, protecting the city, is the white dove, the symbol of St. Mungo. I love this window because it was a, it's a reminder, vivid reminder, that our faith always has to be put in context. The most important thing is not what happened at Pentecost in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, but what Pentecost means for us today in our city and in our churches. And there are so many ways in which Glasgow today is like the city described in Acts 22. People from every nation under heaven, speaking so many languages, an immigrant city, a crossroads city. We bear the weight of many histories, strange lands, precious memories, the scent of cumin and the brightness of a Neapolitan sky. We speak in Pentecostal tongues. Scots, English, Gaelic, Irish, Cantonese, Yiddish, Polish, Italian, Urdu, Punjabi, Pashto, Arabic, Shona, and all the other languages we just heard in the Lord's Prayer. This is us today, and what is our Pentecost story? We know that after the death of Jesus, the disciples were devastated, full of guilt and shame, fearful with all their hopes in ruins. Like a ship without a rudder, they grieved for the loss of their Lord and for all their own losses. Then there were the meetings with the risen Jesus, the disbelief and failure of recognition studying with a new hope and joy, new tasks for them to do, and then he was gone again. So there they were in Jerusalem, still not having a clue what to do next, still huddling together for support, still, we must assume, somewhat fearful. The city was in turmoil, still gravely dangerous for the followers of the subversive Jesus of Nazareth. They prayed, they met together only with people they knew, they locked the door and they kept their heads down. 
And then the indescribable happened. And here we are, members of two churches in a generally pleasant area, not facing the same dangers as as the disciples. But after a year which has seen many losses and restrictions, much anxiety, in a city which is still divided by inequality and sectarianism, and a country grappling with many serious political, economic, and constitutional issues. The wider picture is not much more reassuring. Everywhere there is conflict, oppression, poverty, and the huge toll of the pandemic on the world's poorest countries. And behind all of that, the climate emergency, already affecting millions, grows ever greater. Here in Glasgow later this year, the World Climate Conference, COP26, could not be more important for all our futures. But what does all this mean for us as followers of Jesus on this day of Pentecost? We are ordinary people, not powerful, not many. What does it mean for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit? When we were planning the service, Katrina and I were both struck by these words that you heard read earlier by Wendy from Rage and Hope. The story speaks of God's Spirit filling ordinary people who go on to build a new vision through the power of the Spirit. What is portrayed in the book of Acts isn't just the storytelling of a world dominated by Caesars, where enmity and selfishness and greed keep men and women estranged and fearful. Instead, these followers of Jesus' message give witness to the vision of a reimagined world. What is the reimagined world? What is the vision we give witness to in our lives as Christians and in our life together as churches? In Acts 2, Peter quotes the prophet Joel, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And over the last few years, we have heard the prophetic voices of young people very clearly, of Malala standing up at great risk to herself for education for girls, of Greta Thunberg speaking truth to power on climate change, of Marcus Rashford, the young footballer shaming the government into action on child hunger of the young people in our own churches who have been a passionate prophetic voice for disinvestment from fossil fuels or who have campaigned for refugees and asylum seekers. They are visionaries but practical ones and they are in every country in the world. Think of who for you would be the prophetic and visionary voices of youth. 
and our old men who dream dreams. Well, there are certainly plenty of old men clinging on to power across the world, but I prefer the dreams of Jimmy Carter, now 96, building homes for people across the world through Habitat for Humanity, and of Archbishop Desmond Tutu, now aged 89, with his lifelong commitment to racial equality, human rights and peace and reconciliation. Think of who's, which old men's dreams, or indeed old women's dreams, inspire you. I must confess that I don't often think of lengthy church reports as being visionary or prophetic. But last week I read the, the report of the Faith Impact Forum written for next week's General Assembly of the Church of Scotland, and I found it very inspirational. Among the deliverances were at least eight excellent suggestions for actions by Kirk sessions and congregations, often in partnership with other churches. They're about the climate emergency, the impact of COVID-19, migration, international aid and welcoming the stranger, they are about speaking truth to power. And at the heart of the report, the recognition of the importance of kindness and relationship for societal well-being and health, especially mental health. Every day for the last 50 days, an email has dropped into my inbox from something called Courage Pentecost. It comes to me via the Corrymeela community in Northern Ireland, and it's a faith response to sectarianism and paramilitary violence. Every day between Easter and Pentecost, it has shared an image and suggests a courageous action that can be taken in the face of sectarianism and, and violence. It's an encouragement to deepen the journey of courage into the heart of reconciliation. And at the heart of reconciliation is compassion for ourselves and for others. Most of the suggestions relate specifically to the Northern Ireland context though many have a wider relevance. But as the creators say, Courage Pentecost seeks to create a sustaining solidarity within which we can carry out acts of courage together, supporting, inspiring, and challenging each other. Isn't that inspirational? Sustaining solidarity within which we can carry out acts of courage together. And as we in our two churches face much change and uncertainty in the days ahead, the challenge is not so much in our planning or ideas. We have good resources for these, as in our energy, in our faith going forward, sometimes in our lack of confidence or just our weariness from the wounds and losses we all carry.
This message from Northern Ireland of a sustaining solidarity is in itself an encouraging one. Perhaps we could collectively create our own courage Pentecost for our community. The Holy Spirit came with transformative power at the first Pentecost and is the foundation and guide of all our endeavors. And God is always breaking through if we are open to see and receive and beyond our struggles, joy and possibility. Amen. When we gather around the Lord's table, as we do now, we do not gather alone. We are in a Pentecostal community with Christians around the world who today break bread in the name of Christ. Some gather in great cathedrals, some in tin shacks or refugee camps or prisons, around a kitchen table or in a village church. Many gather outside, in the heat, under, in the, under the shade of trees, or in the cold of night, just where they are, using what they have. In solidarity with them, today we gather in a building, we gather online, we gather in our homes. From east to west, from north to south, People gather to share the feast and to remember. At the heart of our gathering in Christ's name are three realities that unite us all. We are people who in diverse and often strange ways have heard the voice of Jesus calling us and have answered yes. We are people whose lives like bread are always being op broken open to be shared. We are people who bear witness to the power of life in Christ to overcome death. This is the invitation to a feast. Therefore, in the name of Christ, all are welcome at the table of the Lord who turns no one away empty. Here, we are no longer strangers. And we sing the hymn for everyone born a place at the table. We sing it in our hearts. Eloise sings it in. Everyone born a storm over. 
On the night of his arrest, Jesus was eating a meal with his friends. He took a piece of bread, gave thanks to God and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he gave it to them. Later, after they had eaten, he took a cup of wine and said, 
This cup is God's new relationship with us, made possible by my death. Whenever you drink it, do it remembering me. As people who love Jesus have always done, we do as he, he did. We set gifts of bread and wine upon our table. In them, Jesus has promised to be with us, making us whole, making us one. Jesus did. Let us draw near to God. Let us pray. The Lord be with you. And also, and also with, you. with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them lift up to them God. Up to God. Let us give thanks to God, our maker. It is right, it is right to give to God, God thanks, thanks and, and praise. praise. Loving God, we bring bread to Christ's table, made by many people's work from an unjust world, where some have plenty and many go hungry. At this table, all are fed and no one is turned away. We bring wine made by many people's work from an unjust world where some have leisure and many struggle to survive. At this table, all share the cup of pain and celebration and no one is denied. These gifts shall be for us the body and blood of Christ, our witness against hunger our cry against injustice, and our hope for a world where God is fully known and every child is fed. Spirit of the living God, who are in the world and surpass the world, blessed be your presence in us, in animals and flowers, in still air and wind. May justice peace and healing dwell among us as you come to us. May they dwell in our families, our city, our nation. May they dwell in the hearts of all who are lonely or sick, who are poor or afraid. May they dwell among divided people and places at war. Today, especially, may they dwell in your divided city of Jerusalem. Help us to reimagine a new vision for transformed relations, re-imaged communities that are peaceful, just, and sustainable. And may we see Christ in every person we encounter.
Spirit of the living God, you breathe in us on all that is inadequate and fragile. You make living water spring even from our hearts themselves. And through you, the valley of fears becomes a place of wellsprings. So in an inner life with neither beginning nor ending, your continual presence makes new freshness break through. Spirit of Jesus, come swiftly. Breathe in us. And on these gifts of bread and wine, that sharing your blessing and your broken, risen life we may share your continual presence and reality. <coughs> and together as your body, live at home in your love till no one is homeless. This is the body of Christ, broken for you. Life of the world. Do this remembering him. Look, here is your Lord coming to you in bread and wine. You all have, I think, your bread and wine. Yep. The peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with us all. I invite you to, uh, we can't get up and walk around and shake hands and give each other hugs, but we can turn to one another. Uh, we can wave uh, when we are online. Uh, we can uh, bow to people. Uh, whatever is a good way for you of making a sign of peace. I feel like doing a fist bump that, or an elbow bump, you know, that I do with my grandchildren. <laughs> we sing a love that sets all people free. Uh, hymn 622. Like scorching. 
Holy God, breathe your spirit into us another time and touch our lives with the life of Christ. In your grace and in the mission of our Lord Jesus Christ, abundant life is offered and is possible. In your transforming grace and power, we reimagine love and joy. In the name of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. And may the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing that we may abound in hope in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.